Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to John Borshoff, who's the CEO of Deep Yellow, a uranium player with assets in Namibia. John was the founder and CEO of Paladin, which went from two million to four billion in rapid time and fell back down from grace as quickly after Fukushima. We talked to him about his business plan, which is predicated on an M&A strategy. That's how he raised his money last July. And we asked him why things have not progressed there. We also look at his Namibian asset and what his expectations are from the PFS. And we talk about price correction in the marketplace, how he thinks things are gonna play out. He's talking his playbook, just as much as fund managers are talking theirs, but a very interesting and contrarian view. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, John. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Good to be back again. Yeah. Wait, so where are you speaking from? Uh, from Perth, at my house. We're all isolated in, in Perth, like everybody else. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I've spoken to a few boys from Perth uh, over the past couple of weeks. I think yeah. you've, got a, a, you've got nice weather, but you're, uh, you're holed up at home, you know, following regulations and rules. Good on you. Um, we, we, we spoke back in uh, September at WNA. A lot of things have happened since then. I guess we'll, we'll get into it in a second. But for people new to the story, can you give us a one minute overview? Right, so Deep Yellow is uh, an advanced uh, exploration company uh, uh, now entering in a pre-development phase. Uh, we've got uh, assets in Namibia and, uh, and we've got a PFS going on on one of them. We've got a Japanese uh, farm in on another. And we've then also got a, an in a, inorganic sort of uh, growth strategy as well in the sector consolidation. So we think we sit fairly uniquely in the space. Okay, beautiful. Now, like I said, lots have happened since September. I mean, crazy amounts has happened since September, especially the last of, you know, four to six weeks. Um, yeah. Can we just talk about that, the macro, but your view on the macro? Um, because obviously, you, you, when we spoke in September, you called a kind of longer term recovery. Yeah. And I think you were right. But obviously, COVID-19 has suddenly um, thrown a spanner in the yes. works. Well, it's only, for, it's only for you, but I think for the industry, it's in a, this is a terrible thing to say, but it's kind of, they've welcomed it because it's, it's maybe created some catalysts which may change things around. Obviously, we had Cigar Lake uh, shutting down for four weeks. And that's now been, I think, extended. Uh, you've got the Kazakhs. Uh, shutting down for three months, uh, you, you know, you've got a lot of you know action around the world, which is causing uh, the supply side of the story to be uh, affected. So, what's your take on what's happened in the last four weeks globally? Well, it still remains interesting in the sense that uh, in September, when we last spoke, the price was twenty eight dollars fifty, and uh, when you see the hullabaloo around, you'd think it'd be forty fifty dollars. But it's it's thirty one dollars, you know, and uh, so and not not uh, sort of taking any way from anything away from that. Uh, there has been some developments um, that they they should be tempered with a little bit of uh, sort of reality. Everybody wants things to happen uh, uh, quicker than later. If this is the catalyst that everybody's waiting, I'm a little bit doubtful. But certainly, I'm really pleased that the market has been tested by a consequential uh, uh, event and, uh, and, and that, that has brought out a few things that maybe will make the utilities sit up 
and 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 uh, sort of reassess. But I'm still a little bit cynical about you know how when that reassessment will come to the to the sort of hotspot. So and tell me why you think that is because obviously potentially that's taken a lot of production, a lot of pounds out of the market in, in terms of what was com- sorry, what was coming into the market. It's, it's it maybe some people are talking about you know twenty million. Um, others a little bit more, others a little bit less. But you know, there are thereabouts. Um, what do you know about the utilities' options here? Because they seem well. No one knows what, what they're doing. Uh, you know, no one's got an idea. I mean, a lot of people kind of call 2019 as the year for recovery, except you. Um, 2000 and people at the beginning of this year, before all this kind of COVID and the market reset, etc. People were maybe getting a little bit more realistic. Certainly, some of the CEOs we spoke to were saying, "Well, perhaps Q3, Q4 this year, I think we'll start to see a, a turn," which is more in line with what you were calling last September. Yeah. Okay. Do you think these the removal of these pounds from Cigar Lake, from Kazatom Prom, are going to affect utilities' behaviour, or do they have something in reserve which we just aren't aware of? The, I think the concentration on the quantity of pounds that are off the market is sometimes not the only issue that people should think about. The, this, this story started in January 2018 when Cameco came in and said, we're doing the temporary shutdown. This is what's going to happen. Uh, please, Mr. Utility, be frightened. And of course, everything went on as sort of normal. People are taking stuff out of the market and, uh, and the and nothing much happened. So now roll it down to, to, to today, which has been some serious and dramatic events. And and uh, Cameco and Kaz Prom being very responsible people, you know, they're, they're top tier stuff. Uh, they say, look, we're doing this, but please, Mr. Consumer, don't worry, we will complete, we will c- continue to provide you with product. So in that sense, they, the utilities, of course, believe these huge, you know, responsible organisations, and that there's not going to be any 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 shortage. Uh, 2023, when that shortage actually happens, is a long way away, and you've got, you know, sort of these these projects online. You've got a lot of people promising a lot of pounds. So I don't see that 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 shockwave coming through uh, to that extent. I, I do see that um, the real unknown is, um, you know, how long can these uh, operations stay offline? Because I don't see anything different in the pandemic as it is today, as it was four weeks ago, as it will be in, in, in two months ago. So these these sort of steppy, jumping type things where yes there's a chance no look we'll keep it really what we're doing it for is for our people which is great governance and all of that but in this whole thing there's got to be a a sting in the tail to the to the utility say look this is yes we're doing it for this reason but here's something else happening and uh, and we want better prices or something that hasn't hit i don't think so i wouldn't be surprised if in this sort of a little bit of a bit of a rise. It wouldn't surprise me if it sort of goes up to you know mid thirties and then comes back again and sits in that thirty. You know, you we let's see what's happened. Uh, it's so volatile, but I, I think that the story has been out there for two years. Um, 
to degree because Adam promised participate in that story. I'm down 10%. You didn't know where it's come from, but they said down. Port Alchemico did go down, lost people. Um, and, and, and now, however, there, I think more serious questioning will start happening. That's interesting. You, you, you named a date, or what, a year that you said um, when the shortage has happened in 2023. So again, come back to the question, which is, what do you, what do you know? Do you think utilities can you know, get through to 2023 and still feel confident that they're going to be able to you know, have the supply of U308 that they, they need in, in reserve? Yes, so uh, I think that if you believe the WNA uh, forecasting, which is another question we can go to, but let's say that's sort of there, and let's say the crossover is between 23 and 24, whenever that happens. So by the very nature of that curve, there is supply up till then. The curve shows that you're above the demand line and, and they're eating into that little bit of inventory. So there's no threat until the shortage happens. And, and the, um, so if, if people are looking two years out, it's once, once, it's once you're looking out beyond that, when you're in this sort of black territory where, yes, you have got some, some certainty with the idled capacity that's out there that will come online, which will be more difficult than one thinks about getting that online. It'll be, take a little bit longer. And to counterbalance that, um, it will be that the enrichment sort of component that feeds into supply will disappear because by the very nature, demand is up so the the uh, enrichers will be you know more now concerned with providing real product rather than sort of spinning out uh, uh, this sort of uh, uh, yellow cake so that's just going to balance the the those those the, what's lost from the enrichers the, the the capacity 40 you know 30 40 million pounds on idle capacity uh, 30 40 million pounds and enrichers are providing that's going to evaporate with demand, so even now it comes, where is the new capital, the new uh, uh, capacity and the time it'll take, the granularity in that sector. And, and I think, you know, the utilities and the sector generally have to start looking and say, look, where the hell is going to be this going to come from? The builders, who are they? What are they? And I think that um, that's the area when the utilities start poking in that space where they're in sort of absolutely new product needed and there's no, there's no uh, response from, uh, from uh, uh, existing producers. There is a response from uh, the hopefuls, which has got a risk to it anyway. That's gonna be longer than shorter. And uh, so the, in, the, the consumer industry will start fighting itself and eating into itself. They'll be competing then for pounds that are available, which will be by very nature short. Not the only shortage above, it's the people are gonna compete with the, within the existing capacities and fighting for those pounds. And, and that's then the, the real catalyst. So that, that's, that's fascinating. Um, obviously you're, look, you're referring to WNA numbers 23, 24 for yeah. the crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if it's few, with these pounds coming off for, well, it's only been a month, but yes. the, the view is that it may go on three, it may go on six. Yeah. With those pounds coming out, yeah. that will bring forward that date. So it may yeah. be yeah. 2022, 2023. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your view is there's still enough inventory out there 
for well, obviously the Kazakhs have enough inventory to supply their contracts, and they only do contracts. But Cam- you think Cameco will find it easy to fulfil their contracts uh, that they've got well, for this year? Uh, I think it'll just become a bit more expensive because uh, it's 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 against what they're realising on their with their contracts. What price they're realising around plus or minus you know, forty plus or minus two dollars, and they've been buying it at 23, 24. There's a big coupon there. Now it gets to their, their, they're buying it at 32, 33. All of a sudden, there's not a big clip on the coupon going through. So then there's pressure, other pressure that companies will have to think of. Say, goodness me, we'd better start this bloody old crank handle of a, of a project and, uh, and, and, and start producing at lower prices and get the margin up at, you know, whatever. Look, there are all sorts of quandaries and predicaments on how you start up and if it's a slow price move in other words it goes up but it's going slow that's going to be causing a lot of trouble with people even the ones that have got mothballed capacity because they want it to go up so they can capture some of the upside contracts and improve on their deteriorating position today whereas of course Kaz Adamprom is in a slightly different position because Kaz Adamprom works on spot price so it doesn't have you know, to worry about locking in term prices, having that sort of security of supply, and uh, but they all they all meet finally uh, the the problem of the market. You know, what are what are people playing? Because you can lock in a contract that spot for as many years as you do on long term on a long term fixed price you know uh, contract, and uh, and and if you've got a belief in in, in spot going up, you're 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 happy. But you you don't you don't believe it's gonna well you think it may get up to the mid thirties and then may, maybe roll back because there's yes. there is no certainty in the market about what's going on with COVID nineteen okay yes. I, 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 do, I do buy that we're all running around like headless chickens not quite sure every every yes. day is different right but in the uranium space um, you know people are talking about this supply demand gap. And we, you know, everyone's a believer of the macro. We, we big bar. You know, every CEO should be talking about it, and, and they are. Um, but is this uncertainty around how much inventory is sitting out there and what the options the utilities have that is causing consternation? So, if let's say you're right, it goes up to about 35, come, rolls back a little bit. It's not enough to move the dial, get people into production, or even be able to go and have conversations about getting funding to get into production, right? Um, so when do you think it's going to, when, at what point do you think it's going to move from that mid thirties number up to something more reasonable, like, you know, with, I think people have got four handle, you know, 40 something to be able to allow them to get financing, to allow them to think about getting back into production. What's, what's your view on the timing on that? So my view is that I think we've got this horrible twilight zone, which will be 30, mid 30, you know, where yeah, it's good, you know, compared to what it was, it is, but it's not anything to build an industry on. And uh, then you'll get the, let's say, a range of, 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 of uh, 40 to 50. Just So in that sort of situation, you, you by very nature then, if it goes 40 to 50, that means, you know, demand's there. That means more product has to go from the enrichers into, into uh, uh, to the, to the uh, consumers as fuel. That means that is that is evaporating. The new the mothball company the mothball comes in. It's justified. They can reset at forty five or forty eight, whatever they want, and um, and you'll get that that fixed amount of 
product will come back in the market over what over five to nine months you know it'll take that much for people to get things sorted there's going to be finance required there's some juniors out there that want to fire up all of that so it's not going to all come in together uh, there's 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 crews to establish yeah, there's 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 normal issues so now that all it's doing is maintaining the status quo of what it is today it's not bringing any more it's all it's is you say i'm translating the uh, enriched material you know the the from the underfeeding that's coming across now i'm in that place i'm bringing in the mothballed uh, capacity the so status quo so now we're not talking about this what we're talking about a shortage is over and above this the one is a translation of, of supply uh, from from one uh, place to the producers and the other is new capacity new infrastructure and all of these sort of things that becomes a different story that becomes a, a whole, and you know all the companies and no matter what what they are and let's say they all can do it but all of them can't do it in 2023 2024 some of them you know if you got to say oh look i need a 70 dollar price that might put it out to 2025 nobody's going to finance them at today's price and how do you finance today for an outcome in 2025 when you can't raise the finance on today's on that price at the time which might be 50. so you can only organize all of your things when the price is reached not in anticipation of that price maybe a utility will come in and uh, and forward buy and anticipate that future but they're very rarely will they lock in a price that much and reset the whole market so there's a whole lot of things that sort of fire up and uh, and really the canary in the uh, in in the sort of in this in this uranium mine is actually spot price spot is more reactive yeah we say oh no it doesn't matter um but um and then long term follows it because it is an indicator of sort you know if spot is staying out there and let's say it goes to 50 dollars tomorrow and and it's oh no it was only one trader got caught and he had to do it well let's say it stays a bit well all of a sudden it authenticates long-term pricing and uh, so it, each will play and jockey each other along in terms of where price will reach but the the whole event of getting new capacity into the sector is not as simplistic as people think you know oh yeah we'll get the crossover and then boom 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 all these people will happen the realities of financing staff a bloody whole lot of things that will start coming in and affecting uh right even on the best on the best model beautiful okay so that leads nicely on to where i, I want to start getting into with you which is around um juniors Juniors yeah. with teams have not been in the industry. You're, I think, widely acknowledged being the father of this industry with your huge success at Paladin, and obviously it came came off as quickly as it went up after Fukushima. But nevertheless, you had you built that company into a four billion dollar company. That's that's you, from two million. So you yeah. you saw the gamut, right? Yeah. So I do appreciate you understand how to build a company in the right market conditions. So we are not in the right market conditions now. There's a lot of juniors out there who are just either hunkered down or trying to raise capital. We've seen a couple fail to raise capital in the market because the, the generalist funds are not yet confident. The specialist funds aren't actually that big. 
and perhaps can't yeah. keep ploughing the, the capital in. What's going to happen to those companies? Do you think that they're going to be swallowed up? Because you know we're, we're going to lead very quickly onto your um, business model in a second here, I suspect. But you know, do you think what what do these companies need to do to survive? And do you think they're going to be able to attract the capital now in today's conditions, or even pre-COVID conditions? to get through to where you think the market's going to turn, which is, let's face it, towards the end of this year by the sounds of it. So one of the big differences in, in this market compared to what it was on the up, upside of when, when, when I got Paladin going, is that there were a lot of people with a lot of money in the industry that uh, wanted to um, uh, secure their project pipelines. Rio, Cameco, Arriva, or now Arano, and the Russians, so there was a there was a lot of money. Uh, uh, even 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 the Russians through Uranium One that was back. So in that way, uh, there was uh, an exiting fact uh, ability here to say, "Well, look, I've taken this project to this level honourably. I go now, give it to this other company, and off it goes." So that's how a lot of these express themselves through the system. What happens now? There are not that many swallowers around. The 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 uh, you can argue that you know the Cameco's, the the Kazatomproms uh, are, are, are there. They've got there. They've got a few ideas, maybe for some other extra things, but not not that aggressive within the system. So now it becomes where do the the juniors. Uh, and and I consider ourselves in that capacity. I think where where do they get? You know what do they do? Um, and and I don't I, I won't go into the the individual uh, abilities of each of these. But they the, the the juniors are eternal optimists. So they will never admit to not be able to do something. In fact, the, the very reason they're there is because that's the nature of the, the beast. But. Um, even uh, realistically, uh, people can see that uh, maybe a two plus two can make an, an eight rather than, you know, just burrowing down with your own project and not seeing uh, something that the sector needs and, and, and they may not be in a position to drive that themselves. So it needs a really a, a pragmatic thinking from some particular juniors to say, look, if we do X and Y, this is what can happen. But there's not many, there's a lot of Ys, but there's not many Xs around and how this can happen. Um, I, I consider maybe you know, another one that I know. And, um, but it's, 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 a, it's a scarred area of, you know, post Chernobyl, as I've said before, post Fukushima, a, a, a very, very tortured sort of industry and and that reflects a lot in the in the people that are there commendably hanging on. But there's got to be some unravelling here, I think, uh, in terms of making uh, uh, a legitimate other cornerstone uh, uh, company in the in this sort of supply chain. And and I'm not counting the next gen; they're you know, big project. Whatever happens to that, they're standalones. But these ones that are a bit smaller, more expensive, they've got to be fit into a different sort of. Uh, trajectory, I guess. So given you said there's no swallowers, to use your phrase, uh, out there, some of these juniors are you know, down, down to hundreds of thousands of dollars left in the bank. 
Um, if they can't attract money, and, and some of them haven't been able to attract the sorts of money that, that, that they need, because it's a very unattractive sort of money. They're asking for money just to pay salaries and keep the lights on, not mm -hmm. to do any work. There's no value being created. So dollar for dollar, your dollar is becoming worth zero, in effect, as an investor. Okay, that's, that's the way I think about these things. So it's unattractive investment. The, without any buyers out there, though, there's no one going to come in and do a, a, you know, a, a takeover of the company or an asset purchase because no one's going to get funded for acquiring uranium at the moment, are they? Well, it depends on, on what you can do with the, with the, with the story. That, that's right, because, they, yeah, you know, here comes the guy and he's got a project and, you know, he's there and he says, oh, I'm going to do something, uh, you know, heroic. And they say, well, well, oh yeah, okay. But if you if you present then from another platform where things start resonating, hell, yeah, this can be done. We can work it. The, the there's a certain uh, uh, track record about it, and I'm not sort of blowing the trumpet of, 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 of the. But it's so it's 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 there to be to be exploited, and. Um, and that's where I, I see, and, and I, I think it's essential that the industry does something like this, not 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 for Deep Yellow or anybody, but basically for the industry, for the sector, the minnows. You know what I mean? We're minnows, and we some of us need to turn ourselves into sharks, and and play in the big pool, and 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 that that is what then uh, uh, makes you know solidifies the the uh, supply sector. Doesn't have to be very much, but all of a sudden it starts getting a newness and it's rejuvenated and it's there ready for the next 30, 40 years. Um, so that's where I see the the very interesting possibilities, uh, and I always have done, um, uh, particularly in this deep yellow life that I've got. And uh, uh, whereas it was a bit different in the in the previous uh, uh, Paladin startup, different dynamics. So. Where, where it is then is, uh, as I say, it's not the good idea that counts. It's the willingness of those parties to see that and to see that, you know, a, a translation in value for everybody's shareholders to create some and doable and that, that is deliverable on. And so uh, consumers can say, I really trust this. And there are investors willing to back that model. Okay, so, so let's come on to this. Let's come on to your business model, okay? Because, you know, some people are going to throw, uh, accuse you of saying, well, of course John's going to say that because it suits his business model that he's been pushing, you know? You've talked about counter-cyclical strategy. You've talked about inorganic growth. And, you know, people, funders do listen to you because of what you did at Paladin. You, you, you can walk into most boardrooms and have that conversation with them. But... Yeah, and you've got cash in the bank now. To, well, cash enough to do what you need to do in Namibia. But do you think that this, what's happening in the market with this macro macro event in the marketplace, do you think now is a time that you could pick up at the right price certain assets that you, you know, maybe you've already been looking at them? Um, or do you think things just got a little bit more expensive for you? Well, if they get expensive, it's relative expensive. You know, if, if, if your own share price goes up and they do, well, that's just a trans, you know, uh, uh, a crossover. So that doesn't worry me too much. Uh, what does, uh, uh, what will happen in this period is that uh, uh, companies have had a very good increase. You know, their market caps are going up 40%. There's a sort of an enthusiasm. 
And so people can, can do some more small raisings, put some more oxygen in the tank, and the, the, the uncertainty that they have in terms of survival gets a little bit uh, better to, to handle. So in that way, m and becomes a little bit, bit harder. But for those that want to uh, really sort of establish something for their shareholders in a real sense and not just surviving, you've just got to look at, at the companies that are today and consistently doing work for value-adding beyond just uh, polishing up one asset and um, and there's not too many of those and it's symptomatic of the of the whole industry you know they've done their work they, uh, you know well, what do I do you know um, rehash another feasibility study that, that is uh, that is there and and even though they're not giving much return anymore because they're at the margin there's no big breakthrough there so in that in that way um, the the I still think there's room with 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 chosen companies to really drive the concept and and, and really create something, um, and that's the conversation. Okay, but you, you you did say that you were going to do a deal. You were announced you were going to announce a deal last quarter. Yes. What happened? Well, what happened was we we uh, things are delayed. Companies say, oh look, I need to do this before I need I can talk. So all of a sudden it goes to early early this year uh, another company we're looking at it's been in, a, in sort of hibernation so it takes a lot to get the, everything together and they are now coming and I, I agree if anything that I can be accused of is to say well bloody hell why why hasn't anything happened here and 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 basically that last raising in June of July of last year, was uh, on the back of you know really doing some uh, some M and A. Now we're advancing on that, and and there's uh, certainly we're striving for some interesting possibilities because it's not just you know the um, it's not just the assets that, that count here. It's the vehicle within which the assets are and what can be done with them and what you can then create from that. And and I have no doubt we'd be a plus on that. Uh, on, on many on many fronts and um, so it, it has come uh, at, a, at a point where we really need to deliver yes this this price volatility will make it you know a little bit uh, uh, more well I don't think more difficultly because some of these uh, some of these uh, companies are running without a pilot in the cockpit so you know oh well you know that's a big job to sort of recharge it and say and what are we going to do well we've got this project and well what are we going to do then well yeah yeah what that's right and um so they're the they're the the issues uh, there's no question we you know the namibian projects are advancing well well ahead of expectation and and uh, to counter that some of our m a is a little bit slow as far as what we can talk about right okay so the Market conditions haven't really helped discussions for you yeah. because you know you may have the view that it'll go to mid thirties, slope back, and actually nothing's really going to change till let's say twenty three is using your your dates right. But if no one else believes that, then that's going to make your negotiations harder because you, you know you have to take your stance to suit your business model. They need to take theirs to maximise whatever paltry return they, 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 they can squeeze out of any negotiations with you. So that, those, those are tough discussions. But do you think you're going to be able to get something over the line this quarter? What do you think market conditions suggest even that's going to be put out? 
there's a good chance. Okay, I'll take that. And uh, yeah. Okay, so when we talked again last September, you were talking about this multi-asset strategy, global multi-asset strategy. Yeah. The reality is today you've got one asset in Namibia. It's you're doing a feasibility study on that, and you just said things are going well there. Um, we're, obviously, we spoke with Maranika recently, actually, and they had some drill results. Um, and what, what, what? I know you can't talk about it too much, but <laughs> but do you see that similar sort of grade for yourself? Um, what, what sort of clues can we get for about how things are going and what you're seeing in Namibia? Well, what I'm seeing in Namibia is this uh, this uh, big asset we've uncovered which in itself has you know even at a at a production double what uh we've announced would be the initial fact it's got 20 years plus life and uh, and 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 that that's you know yet a lot of work but for for sure the 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 scoping study model of about three million pounds uh over uh, over the um uh, over the uh, 20 years is is possible and that's only using a a, a 20 kilometer radius of the of the ore body which you know is coming out 50 kilometers so any any uh, project that uh, is is adjacent uh, will be looked at a supplementary additive pounds uh, to that you know looking well down and so it, when you npv that out you know it's not that much so it might as well stay with where it is and as, as one strategy, and Marinica is doing some good work. They're trying. They're gallant, you know, and, uh, and and putting some things together. But it's not as if that that is necessary for our business model, you know, our development model. If we're short of pounds, yes, they say, okay, yeah, they, you know, there's some reason to really talk today. But no. What do you, what do you think of their uh, intellectual property? Well, yeah. you know, all I all I say is we had that intellectual property signed up to us and we withdrew. That's on public record. Enough said. Enough said. And not not one way or the other. Just uh, it just didn't suit us. It might suit other people. And mm. uh, understood. Understood. Now Namibia, uh, Rossing, Husab, uh, Rossing shut down. Husab restricted uh, in in their production. We don't know by what quantity, but they're saying. Producing but restricted. Um, what are you, what are you finding um, yourself in Namibia? I mean, are, are things slowing down? Are you being affected? What is the government telling you? Well, the government uh, are really you know here's a country that's uh, got two million people. Uh, it's it's uh, it's relatively not cash rich. It's got a. a a pandemic in its back door that can be sort of fairly devastating to, to these poor communities and and they've come up to speed you know very very quickly making some some adult decisions on, on how to tackle this while preserving their their some of the industries so the the whole thing is yes there's the exempt ones food and you name it security and medical and then there's the critical services, one of which mining is, is one of them. Now, in the mining, they, they, you know, they made two announcements, clarified the minister on his second announcement. And, and essentially what they want to do is that while this is in steady as it goes, but really leaving it up to the operator 
what what they think should be happening and you know whether where the, each operation is not the same you know, one, one guy can say look i'll stop my mining and i'll continue producing full blast because of stockpiles another one has to do mining so each one has to pick and choose differently from where it is you know in its sort of uh, in its uh, uh, stage of whatever so i think the industry is is doing very well it's sort of trying to apply the australian model at where Australia has got an industry that's going, they're, they're working it with lockdown, with procedures and, and, and all of this. The, the thing is like any anything that where I feel a little bit, um, uh, a bit annoyed is that a lot of people use the shadow, the shade under the pandemic tree to make decisions which are not necessarily because of the, the, the pandemic. And this is a human nature thing. So I, I think that the, in that sense, the, um, uh, the, the, the countries leave themselves a little bit exposed where, you know, where some companies undertook honorably to do this, this and this, and then up comes this thing and say, oh, well, we now gonna do that. And nobody can argue against them. So there's gonna be a little bit of fallback because of that. And some of them are genuine because they, they were going to anyway by the end of the year because of certain Mind, mind criticality and uh, operations. But overall, I think um, Namibia is trying to do a good job and, and, and recognising that it wants to keep uh, the industry alive so that it's, it's, it's still taxing down the, high, down, the free, down the runway that it can take off pretty quickly and still produce. HUSAB is, is working uh, to the extent where they had one case and uh, and managed it and didn't shut them down. You know they're, they're all working through it. So that shows a commitment of both Husab and and the government to take a pragmatic uh, approach. Okay. And what about um, Namibia generally? But before life before this, uh, obviously yeah. as you say, it's dependent on mining. It's very critical in terms of income taxes, etc., employment. Um, have you? I mean, tell us a little bit about Namibia as a, as a mining jurisdiction, because we, we've spoken to other CEOs with you know companies in there, obviously Maranika, Bannerman, etc. So um, the countries like Namibia, they they really you know they're working with a revenue uh, side that doesn't quite match sometimes the expenditure side. There's employment issues on on. Uh, um, to, to, to consider and uh, and some of them say oh yeah it's overbloated public service but you can understand this balancing act and you can't be so so sort of uh, pragmatic that you just torch the whole place so they they do realize and and uh, they understand that there has to be some turnaround in commodities going forward um, that will then get them out of um, uh, their their current uh, spot and they're they try and uh, limit taxes uh, to the extent possible. Uh, there's a lot of discussions, you know, this and that. And then finally, there's a compromise between industry and, and government uh, to reach there. So I, I think uh, there's a genuineness about, about Namibia. Uh, there's, a, there's a sophistication in the industry between the government, the executive and industry bodies that represent industries and so there's dialogue so nothing 
sort of happens at the whim on one Saturday afternoon to say we're going to nationalise or something like that. So in that way, it's uh, the country is is good, and you know, we just wish them well. That I think in in the end, you know, uranium will get them out of the out of the newer, um, uh, and and that's a two three year uh, issue. Maybe the more optimistic say it's earlier. Okay, but it's you know it's definitely showing signs that goodness me, Namibia is a great uranium con- uh, country, and it looks like there will be some recovery in uranium, which will have big, big positives for their position. Okay, and so the so you're saying the PFS, your, your expectations are good. You've nothing to change your yes. mind on on that. Are you? And I guess because you've got cash, are you going to continue full steam ahead to try and get into a feasibility uh, phase quickly? Or I mean, what, what is your timing on that? Actually, what's your expected timing? So the timing on that? is that that uh, we will. Uh, we will uh, have a, uh, a PFS by mid, halfway through, you know, let's say September, October. Yeah. Um, this will be more than most PFSs because of what we can put into it while we're doing. And there's going to be, you know, a lot of other work that needs to be put in in the feasibility stage, environmental uh, tuning up on process design mining and all of these sort of things so what will happen though is in that december in that september october period it will be a platform from which we will look at the market and to say where we want to do on our on our sort of landing for development decision and um so it's not going to be you know uh, a risk about process or anything like that it's just the time of getting the uh mining lease application granted getting um you know, talking to people then about production to consume, to to the potential uh, customers at the appropriate time. Um, so it might be that that you know theoretically you say right by mid mid twenty twenty two is a good time maybe to make a development decision. Okay. Hypothetically. Okay, hypothetically. And then we go to that. Uh, uh, on okay. That so I mean. I'm just trying to, I want to bring it back to your belief in your business model, which is basically an acquisition model, right? By buying up globally, you know, relatively, relatively uh, inexpensive uranium assets, which you know how to develop because you've been there and done it before. Um, the reality about, obviously, African assets, they're, they're lower grade, you know, the Canadians, you know, bang on about uh, their high grade stuff. Obviously, they've got permitting issues and licensing issues. So it's in swings and roundabouts. But... Um, it, Namibia isn't the stellar project that you expected to use as a springboard into this global acquisition strategy, is it? Namibia has got a good chance for us making a tier one asset. And uh, uh, and even if you know you say, oh yeah, well, um, let's see, uh, it'll 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 come out. And I'm not saying because of that we are putting all our bas- eggs in that basket, but things are coming out at this stage showing good indicators which we will uh, 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 state as we're going along and um, there's no good talking too early we gave a little bit of indication in the quarterly to say you know this is where it is and how things are happening and um, so there might be a good chance we can improve Um, it might be that what we're doing here has got implications for some other things that we can uh, apply our learning now to that uh, possibility, so that gives us another advantage. So no, I, I think that that the 
Namibian project has got a good chance to be a good little solid project that that may produce between you know two and a half to three and a half four million pounds a year. But you're going to need a reasonable spot price to be able to do yeah. that, aren't you? Yeah. So it, it, it's a kind of it's an average. It's a good. I like that for a good solid project. It's not stellar. It's not exceptional, but it will at the right price produce. So your your ambitions are going to be slightly stunted or restricted depending on what the market price is. But your expectation is you don't need to make a decision until 2022. And based on what you were saying, the market will have developed and evolved at that point. So because you've got cash now, you can work through to that to that point 2022. But what you can't do is burn through 14 million in cash because that was given to you on the premise that you were going to make acquisitions. So is your is your business plan alive and well? Yes. Yes it is. And the other thing is is that there is look, I want to park the project that if the spot price is not where I want it to be, we're not developing it. That's it, QED. What we have got when we say that is we've got surety that once we fire it up, we will deliver on, on pounds. So that's something that may or not may be attractive to the, to the uh, utility. Um, the, the whole essence of our talk is here is that, yes, we've got to deliver on the M&A side. And, uh, and, 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 and coupling that with what we're doing on the organic side, then you'll start seeing deep yellow resonating much more because say, hell, this is happening. So there must be other things that may be happening. So yes, that is the pressure that we have. But the business model is clearly is clearly focused on uh, on us securing the other assets. Right. And do you think because of what you've done in the past, do you have a, a right or more um, share of voice in the market when you're talking to funders who may have given you this money on the basis of acquisition, but they see what you're doing in terms of developing uh, the Namibian asset. They see what's happened in the marketplace. They listen to your view of the future. Do you think you're going to be able to raise more capital between now and 2022 to make acquisitions which may or may not have just got a little bit more expensive? I, I believe we can. I believe that, you see, there's two issues here that the people that believe in the M&A of the uh, company didn't believe in Namibia, even three years ago. So I've got to sort of balance to say, look, I, what we believe, I've got to take, I, I, I've got to take the footy and kick it and not the spectator, although I take notice of how they're cheering or booing, you know. And, and, and gradually on that side, it's proven to be right what we said about we've created an asset that nobody believed could be an asset so that's already from zero to something so on that um and the market will start realizing as we're announcing some things to say hi jingo this is an asset we've been discounting this totally since we made the announcement of the scoping study and the uh, pfs our, our share price has been going down that's concerned me more for the share, but not concerned me for the future because we're delivering something that yet people can't see. The on the on the uh, on the other side, then uh, there's more people uh, barracking for us to get a, a, an M and A. So I think that upgrade the expectation or realization of what our what our 
uh, Namibian asset is. Hell, it's better than I thought, and and consolidate on a on a recognisable M and A asset, and and that thing starts uh, working. Well, tell me this. That, there's, there's an interesting point. M&A for the sake of M&A is, is a waste of time. It's a waste of money, okay? What are you looking for? What's the criteria by which you are judging uh, deals which are you've identified or are being put in front of you? So basically looking for geographic diversity, uh, basically uh, looking for projects that we believe we can operate and produce at a price lower than what the... Um, the people that, that that have developed it or have got it uh, together um, that it gives us optionality uh, that once we have one or two of these projects on top of ours uh, 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 as i said before a utility can start saying oh it's not just this project but if we get really uh, short we can participate in development of that project with the same expertise same group they know what they're doing and and uh so if it is that we're saying we want to develop into a tier one, multi-project, multi-mine over seven years or more, just there's no big, it's, it's the opportunity that dictates the years, not not your plan, you know, and uh, and then uh, as, as uranium prices goes up, you, you, you have that. As, as your market cap goes up, your opportunity to do even more consolidation increases. That's another story there beyond uh, this sort of one-two uh, tango we're talking about. Okay. John, I think we better leave it there. You've given us a lot of your time today. I appreciate it. And it's getting late there, so I do, I do appreciate you spending your time. Yeah, I, I, you know, I bought what you said when you said it in September about the, the, the timeline. And I think you, know, yeah. you may still actually be right despite COVID-19. It would be fascinating to see how this plays out, but it's changing on a daily, weekly basis at the moment. So, And lots of people on one side of the fence and not so many sitting where you are, but we'll see who's right. <laughs> um, it will be fascinating. It'll be fascinating, but, it, but it's all good for the industry as a whole. I think that's, I think that's right. Um, I did like talking at your views on perhaps what some of the juniors may have to go through if you are right about your timing. Uh, on, on market recovery and certainly price recovery because it's just not going to move the needle enough for them to get funded or give funders the confidence to be able to fund them. So through no, no fault of their own, obviously. John, thank you so much for your time. We will catch you again soon. I hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.